0: Welcome back to the podcast. We're excited in this episode to bring you a chat with the director of marketing at Glengarry. And Glengarry, for those of you who don't know, is a brick manufacturing company that has been around since the 1890s, which is just kind of insane to think about. But we're very excited today because of the launch of a new book that they just put out that's free for anybody really in the AEC industry who's interested in brick and that is the release of Folio. Folio is a fantastic analog product, and really going against the grain of media today, where everything seems to be on the screen. We get a little bit into that during this episode, but having an analog book to hold in your hands and thumb through and really look at some fantastic photography, some storytelling, and even some details. It's really great to kind of see these case studies in what can be done today with Brick. So Cormac and I sat down to really get behind the scenes look at how this whole initiative came to fruition and what they're doing in the near future as well at Glengarry. So without further ado, we bring to you our conversation with Glengarry Brick. Welcome back to the Arcus Speak podcast. My name is Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And recently in the mail, I just got this amazing book. And, you know, I, I, I kind of go back and forth. Is it a book? Is it a magazine? It's not a magazine. It doesn't have any ads in it. Exactly. So it, it's really a book. And it's called Folio. And Cormac and I saw this and we felt like, well, we, we had to speak with the group that put this together. So that would be our guest today. Tim, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I look forward to uh conversation.
0: Yeah. So this, this book is amazing. And I think what I like about it is it, it just gives me all the architectural feels again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? Um, for, for those of us who are so used to looking at stuff on a screen nowadays, especially that to me was probably the thing that stood out the most was, was that you guys would go through the, the effort and just, the graphic design that comes along with a physical copy of something that's just different than putting something together for the screen. You know, we're so used to responsive websites and flexible layouts and depending on which device, like you didn't have to worry about that, but there's a whole different set of constraints when it comes to laying something out for print. So I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, maybe you can set the stage, tell us a little bit about Gary, and tell us a little bit about Folio to kick things off.
1: Sure, I'm Tim Lee, Director of Marketing here at Glen Geary. We're one of the one of the largest brick manufacturers in the United States. A large, diverse product offering, dating back to 1890. Uh, we're part of Brickworks out of uh, Australia, and Brickworks is is one of the world's largest and most diverse building material manufacturers and the largest brick maker in Australia. And uh, when Brickworks acquired us back in 2018. Uh, they were really about cutting edge marketing and thought leadership and 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 really implementing some of the marketing strategies that worked in Australia for many years. And folio was one of those pieces that we're really excited to kick off and, and get started here in the US. And as you mentioned, you know, we're in a digital society, but it, it's really a publication that you need to to see and print and hold and and be able to f- flip through the pages and and see some of the, the art that's inside of it. So it's really about. Presenting brick in a, in a more unique way. I mean, we all know the the benefits brick has, but there's also that aesthetic appeal. And we wanted to represent all the, the design styles that brick use from today um, and showcase these projects and, and the thought process that went behind the design and really feature the architect's work um, in folio. So it's really our intent with the publication.
2: I got to tell you, I completely forgot how much I enjoy that new book smell. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I got it in the mail and I unpackaged it, I'm like, it's a book. (laughs) It's like going into a a library or a bookstore that we haven't been in in so long. Exactly. And and the great thing that I I like about it, as you said, I'm very familiar with Glenn Gary, and it's amazing that I've worked on projects that you guys have probably worked on when you were an infant company back in the 1890s in the state of Maryland with some of the lines of brick that you guys have. And it's just amazing to kind of see this book and showcase some of the pretty amazing things that people are doing with brick today that might have gotten a little bit lost through looking at different materials and different things like that. And so. To see everything that you guys showcase in here, it's it's pretty interesting to kind of almost reinvigorate the design aesthetic of brick.
1: You know, brick's obviously been around for a while, and and while it's a traditional material, uh, today's architecture uses brick in many different styles, whether it be modern, contemporary, Um, and I think think it's evolved, and I think just. Communicating and showcasing the projects that, that use Brick in, in different ways and, and featuring different details, I think, is is really important to help grow that market and, and help promote the category.
0: Yeah, it seems like with Folio, you guys have really shown a modern take with modern architecture, with modern design principles on Brick. Because me coming, you know, especially from the West Coast perspective, which is very different than what you guys are used to, I think, a lot more so than i am on the east coast as cormac just mentioned to me that is really eye opening and you do feature a west coast project in here maybe more than one but uh, you know the brickyard from michael maltz and architects in here is a very modern take on thin brick in this case but there's also lots of really interesting kind of case studies in brick in this magazine in this book and it seems to me that I'm seeing stuff in here where brick is being used in very innovative ways. So I I wonder, like, has the material itself evolved over time?
1: Brick has. There's a lot more colors and textures and sizes of brick today than than there was in years past. I think some of that is due to advancements in technology and also a greater focus on product development as a manufacturer. You know, we seek out color trends and design trends and try to try to manufacture and develop products that meet those trends rather than sticking with something that's, you know, maybe more traditional. And then I think it's a lot has to do with the architectural process as well. I think architects, at least from my perspective, are are finding new ways to use brick. So I really think both from a product development and a product standpoint uh, and from the design side, it's it's evolved to, to really feature brick and showcase brick in ways that it hasn't in the past.
2: Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of interesting. So started my career down in kind of the deep South. I went to Auburn and so everything there is brick and, but everything was very traditional. And so then when I moved back home to Florida everything was more stucco, you know, you didn't really ever consider using brick as kind of a modern interpretation of a building material. And then fast forward, my career brings me up to the Washington DC area and There's a a mix of old and new, traditional, all the way back to uh, pre-colonial, all the way to now. And so it's really exciting to kind of see, and Folio does a great job of showcasing the modern interpretation of the use of brick. There's projects in Folio that kind of express, like say, picture framing a window. And a lot of times, you know, we would kind of almost default to doing it in a different material because, oh, well, it's easier just to kind of do, I want to do this like real thin, you've kind of got picture framing. And and you do that with multiple materials. And so those multiple materials start to have different interfaces and different flashing details. And by the way, I'll go down some rabbit holes of like project management and detailing and stuff. So bear with me here, but you have all these different details. And then I look at the five Franklin place and the picture framing around the five Franklin place in, in New York City, we would normally default to some different materials, but making it a more monolithic material, you've actually taken brick to a different level of detailing, both on the aesthetic side, but also on the practical side of things. So now I don't have different interfaces of material coming together and flashing and trying to like weather seal all that other stuff. I mean, you've made it very monolithic and it, it just... It kind of excites me to see the projects that you guys showcase in Folio and to see the opportunities to do some of the things that are kind of in vogue right now in design and being able to do them in a more traditional material, but in a very modern way.
1: Yeah, I think uh, through some of the standard and custom shapes that can be developed with brick is you get that endless array of design opportunities on buildings like the Five Franklin Place. I know that one used countless number of shapes. But then also one of my favorites is Wegmans Hall. Uh, yeah. At the University of Rochester. So it kind of
2: mm-hmm.
1: fails the brick in a different way where they're protruding out the wall in a pattern that's meant to represent binary code. So just taking the standard brick and, and detailing it in, in a more unique way. And it's a traditional red color too. Uh, but through that process, he creates something that's truly unique
2: even on the cover where you see the textures that are created, not just by the brick, because there's a variety of bricks in some unique shapes that kind of create the window surrounds. But then you add the extra layer of the reveals and the shadow lines and everything else. And it makes it a very dynamic kind of facade in Wegmans uh, hall. Definitely. That was one that kind of spoke to me because I, I worked on a project recently that was a, chemistry building. And as you looked through the windows that were the full five-story high on the elevator wall that you could see through the windows, we had kind of a chemical makeup of all of the different chemistry that is done throughout the university on this wall. And so it looks like this big five-story mural that kind of cuts through it. And to see people start to do that a lot more often with trying to kind of like have the building express the user group. And Wegmans Hall was, was definitely one that did that. And when I saw it in, in, you know, you do this great shot of a midday and then it kind of like transitions throughout the day as the sun moves. And so you've got this deeper, deeper shadow, these kind of shadows that are cast across the facade that just make it a completely different feeling throughout the day. So the building isn't just a static building that just sits there at one point in time of history, it actually starts to change and evolve throughout the day. And and really I can even see, you know, where, well, what happens when, you know, the, the snow hits these and all of this other stuff. So you, know, you just kind of have this character to, you know, Wegmans that captures like what's going on on the campus at that given time.
1: That's another great point about folios. There's a great story behind every project and Traditionally, we'd promote our products through imagery and still still photography, and really didn't get to get behind the scenes on you know what was in the architect's mind when when designing that, and allowing them to tell that story about their project. You know, we're the we're the manufacturer of the the material on the facade, and you know, there's really a good story. And I think the more we evolve our efforts you know, the more we can collaborate and and tell more of these stories to a larger audience.
0: When I I see things like that code that's made out of the brick patterns and the shade and shadow patterns that come out because of that, it reminds me of some of the old master architect's work that makes me think of a great use of brick, right? I've talked about Alvar Aalto's use of brick, talked about Louis Kahn's use of brick, obviously, and Pennsylvania. It's even referenced in one of the stories in Folio, you know, when Khan asked the the question, you know, what do you want to be, Brick? And so it's really interesting to me to see that evolution of how people are reinterpreting the use of Brick. And what I like about what I'm seeing in this book is you guys aren't shy about showing the detail shots, and you're not shy about telling the story, and you're not shy about showing the different Patterns and like those close-ups are, are what architects really like to focus in on because it gives people a real idea of how they can turn corners and how they can play with pattern and shade and shadow and color and module and all of those things. So to me it it really does kind of get to the case study level. It's not just photos, there is a narrative, there's also some details or some diagrams. And all of that really helps kind of reinforce the use of a particular material because it's kind of an instruction booklet, a light version of an instruction booklet to, you can use this on your project too. And I think that's probably one of the things that makes me think of when I when I thumb through a book like this is it not only inspires you to see projects like that and reinvigorate your, your love for a material that's been around for so long. In new ways, but it also gives you the opportunity to think about how you could apply these to projects that you're working on today, because it goes beyond the surface.
1: And that's really one of our intents is to to not only inspire, but to engage with architects and and get the thought process started about some of these unique details, um, and really, you know, look toward you know the future.
0: So when you're when you're thinking about inspiring architects with these kinds of projects. I mean, let's, let's just go meta into that for a minute. And what, what inspired you guys to do this project? What inspired you to do a print version in, in, I don't know, I want to say like in times like these, but yeah, (laughs) that is kind of what I mean to say.
1: Yeah. As I said in the beginning, I really think it's something that you need to hold and feel to really appreciate the aesthetic appeal of of the buildings. We have a digital version that we, we won't even make available um, until all the printed copies are distributed, just because there's so much more you get out of, as you suggested, thumbing through the the book and and looking at things and reading it. It's more a coffee table piece as well that Mm -hmm. can sit and, and inspire. But the inspiration was really, you know, going beyond promoting the inherent benefits of brick and, and really being able to showcase great projects and, and the aesthetic appeal of of those projects.
2: So Evan, I'll give you my take on, on why I prefer the print version versus the digital version is, is one. So I've got my copy and Mm -hmm. I probably have at least 15 different tabs Mm -hmm. that I've written little notes on a sticky note and I've stuck it to that page and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that when I'm able to, once again, be back in the office with my colleagues, you know, Tim, our firm, you know, does a lot of collegiate work. And so obviously you can imagine that we do a lot of brick uh, when we're doing some of this. And so we're always looking for the next kind of like, you know, innovative way to use materials and stuff. So in creating this book for me, and now I've got examples that I can just, I have all of them readily at my fingertips. I don't have to like, you know, where did I find that from? Or what was that project again? Or let me, you know, I, I can't pick up my computer and drag it over to somebody else's desk unless sure. Don't bring the whole iPad thing to me, Evan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's one of these things that if not everybody in the office has one, which I suggest they do, it's something that they, you know, can pass around to each other and say, you know, oh yeah, hey, you're you're working on this project here. Take this book and and go take a look at one of the tabs that I have here on something that you're working on very similarly. And you can look at the inspiration behind some of those things and and just see some of the creative ways that you can do it. That's what I love about it. I mean, I know that you and I have got a pretty extensive uh, library, Evan, and mm-hmm. it's having the visual Rolodex of projects and inspirations to be able to talk about it at night. And that's what I kind of appreciate about you guys at Glengarry putting together Folio because it, it is just another asset to this kind of visual Rolodex that I have.
1: That's good to hear as a, you know, as a manufacturer, we're always asking ourselves what the, you know, what the architects need and want to, to be able to help make those decisions and, and selections and, you know, the days of having large product catalogs and binders and brochures, I think, you know, probably a a bit behind this, but providing something that just provides inspiration and not necessarily that, that real hard sell of, of products and, and benefits. I think, you know, it's
0: good to hear. So, Tim, in this book, you guys have lots of different projects, different scales of projects, um, all done by different architects. Maybe talk a little bit about who's in this and how you guys chose what to showcase in Folio.
1: So Folio represents 13 projects from 10 different firms. We chose N Architects as our featured practice profile. Um, where We went a little more depth about, about the firm, covered across uh, several more of their projects. We basically chose them because of their, their heavy usage of brick um, mm-hmm. over the years. And then, you know, from there, it was really about representing a wide range of styles and projects um, and selecting architects and firms that created those uh, special projects, whether it's Michael Malzan in, in Los Angeles or some of our firms that we work quite a bit with in, in New York City, like ODA and N Architects or Studio B in Colorado, you know, it was really about selecting firms that, that featured great brick projects, um, and, and wanting to be able to work with them and, and be able to hear their story was very important to us.
0: It seems like you guys really were able to cover such a huge range. And I, I think that's what also shows the benefits of the material is You know, a lot of people think a specific thing when they hear brick, but what this shows is that there's not a specific thing for brick. You can use it in so many different ways and so many different scales of projects and so many locations. That's what this particular edition really shows off.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure.
2: So my assumption is, is that this is just the first of many. So what are your plans for Folio now that you have your first edition out? Do you have others planned?
1: Yeah, our intent is to continue producing these, maybe every eighteen months or so. Um, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive, and we've already started collecting those projects that could be featured in in the next edition. So, I'd imagine over the summer um, we'll develop that short list and look to produce edition two sometime mid twenty twenty
0: two. You guys have set a pretty high bar with this first one. I- how can architects have the opportunity to hopefully be in another edition of this?
1: So if, if the architects want to request a copy or even submit a project for consideration, go to glengeary.com forward slash folio and it features a request or a submission where you can submit all your information about your project, uh, your firm. Uh, we'll get that and put it on our list to, to evaluate there you can also request a hard copy that will we'll get out in the mail right away and you can have a look at it.
0: So speaking of, of analog things like Folio, you guys recently opened a design studio as well, right? a physical space in Philadelphia. Talk a little bit about why you guys would decide to do that and, and what that space is all about.
1: Design studios, it's a concept developed in Australia. They have seven design studios around Australia. And... We wanted to introduce that concept here in the United States and have a space for architects to collaborate, um, make product selections, and just as importantly, be educated when events are allowed to happen. Again, we intend to have mm-hmm. frequent events with speakers and invite architects in to, to engage and collaborate with other architects and, and really use it as a, a place to grow the um, architectural and design community through a premium experience. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia we launched back in in the fall and we're looking to open up two more design studios this year one in the historic fells point in baltimore all right yeah
2: <laughs> right across the way from me
1: yep so that we're hoping uh opens this fall as well as our global flagship design studio on 5th avenue in new york city so it's really really a concept that's that's new here um and we're excited about expanding those opportunities
0: I mean I really miss a showroom. I I know you're not calling them a showroom, but it it's uh, a <laughs> I really miss being able to hold the materials in my hands. I think that that is such a key component of picking the right material for the job is you got to take it out into the sunlight. You've got to look at it at different angles. You've got to really get a sense of the scale. It's so it's one of the things that I you know, I might get laughed at by the younger crowd here, but Understanding scale on a computer screen is really difficult. There's been countless times on this podcast where I've talked about designing a building and then going to that building for the first time that the primary structure goes up and you're like, "Holy crap, it's huge." And so, even after you've done it a bunch of times, it's still difficult. I mean, that's why where VR actually comes in in a really interesting way is that it really helps you understand scale. But when you're talking about a material like this that really breaks down the scale of a building, it's a module. It's They're placed by hand. You can hold them in your hands. And it it really does kind of set a different tone about how you're going to use that in your project. And I I feel like showrooms are such a key component to that or the ability to get samples, obviously, but to actually see different applications of it in kind of an intended potential use case, I think that that would, you know, I I would really be looking forward. So I'm jealous that you're getting one out there in Baltimore, Cormac. I I would love to to visit one here on the West coast.
2: I'm not because I get one.
0: Maybe, maybe I can just come visit you guys, but that, that, that does sound like a, a really cool thing. And again, I appreciate that kind of analog aspect of that, right? Where it's, it's creating an experience for the design community to see how they can use these materials on their projects and in new applications and in new ways.
1: It's really, really a collaborative space. We'll have consultants, and staff that would be able to help you know guide you through that process, mm-hmm. or as you said, simply pull out samples and, and lay them on tables, take them outside, take them with you, and it's really a tactile product. And um, being able to do that in the spaces is definitely key and critical um, to the growth.
0: You know, you mentioned tactile. That's just one of the things about brick that is so important. Like I look at this Michael Malton project, where it's an enormous project. The scale of it is huge, and there's this thin brick facade that wraps the entire volume and it's this white thin brick and it's, you know, there's different sized openings all over the place. And to me, getting back to that tactile nature of it is it, it does kind of encourage you to touch it versus like a plaster building. Like that feels kind of icky. I think brick has this, really great feel to it and it makes you you kind of want to trace the joints with your fingers and things like that and it, it encourages a little bit of interaction with the building if, if somebody's inclined to do that that's something that's always stood out to me with materials like this that are kind of real world materials real they're made out of they're not synthetic they're made of the earth and that to me is just a key component to great architecture is that it encourages this level of interaction that people don't just go through the space they're encouraged to sit sit there and touch it and really experience it on another level so that that's really exciting to me and and again to provide a place where where architects and designers can go and and do that and really pick out exactly what they want and see those those applications and get help to make it a reality on their project is, is a fantastic move so that's really great to hear
1: Funny you say that. I, I'm the same way. Even being in the industry, if I'm, I'm walking past a brick building or brick on an interior application, I always, always reach out and touch it and feel it and um, and just want to feel that texture and make sure it's real. And, and yeah. the, to this day, I continue to do that even being in the industry and touch the brick every day and, and look at samples and look at product. It's still still something that interests me.
2: Yeah, it seems like it is one of the materials that is very tactile and very human scale. It's something that because of just its inherent warmth, people kind of gravitate a lot more towards. And like I said, you know, coming from Florida where you know everything was more stucco and stuff, and then coming to the mid-Atlantic region and seeing the just the expanse of the different ways that people are using brick, both in the traditional fashion all the way up to something very more modern... It does kind of like draw you in, and you know you want to like touch it and, and see. You know, oh, what kind of joint do they use? do? Mm-hmm. They grape? Do they grapevine that, or did you know? Is this a rake joint? I mean, you know, so it's I, I can, can to- totally like nerd out because I, I don't think that there was any point prior to coming here that I was like, oh, I think I'm going to design in brick. And now one of my you know go tos is, is brick, and and really just trying to see what you can do. could I, push it forward. And like I've said before, is is something that I really kind of appreciate with folio is the fact that, you know, you can see all of these different inspirations. So Mm. I'm digging on it. So, so Tim
0: question, and this is going to sound a little weird, but what's next for brick? (laughs) It seems like bricks. We've always had brick. What kind of new developments are happening? Where, where is this going?
1: This summer we're planning, um, as I said, are the launch of several new design studios, but we're also planning a a new product launch unlike any other scene in the industry. We're trying to compile all our new products, all our new textures, and pull them into a very innovative um, product launch this summer. So we're really excited about that. Following up on Folio, our our parent company, Brickworks, they're launching a publication called Materiality. And it's really folio on steroids and, and it looks like great brick architecture. It's 300 plus pages, coffee table book featuring many of the same projects that you see in folio and then some from the United States. Um, so we'll be launching that publication here as well. And I think one of the more exciting things, which you know we're launching just this week, actually, um, is, is our new design and content channel on glengarry.com. So you know, produce all the, all the physical components of folio and materiality in our design studios. But we're also reinventing the digital space um, through this this design channel, as we're calling. And it's, a, it's really a new way to deliver content to our audience through video and more in-depth case study and more detailed um, and modern-looking um, project imagery. So that's actually, like I said, something we're launching this week and, and really excited about.
0: Well, that sounds fantastic. We will definitely have links to all of those things in the show notes so that people don't have to necessarily remember them. But glengarry.com is the main place to find all of this information. And that's also, if you go to glengarry.com slash folio, it's where you can request a copy of folio and even submit a project. And again, we'll have links to all of those things in the show notes. So you don't have to remember them. And you can just click on that if you visit the show notes for this episode Tim it was fantastic to have you kind of give us a behind the scenes of how this came to be and what you guys are planning on doing in the near future. It sounds like there's just so many irons in the fire here. It's a really exciting time to see all of these developments all happening right now.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was enlightening from my side as well to to hear um the feedback about Folio and some of the things we have going on. So really appreciate the time today.
2: It was it was great talking to you. Yeah, and again,
0: like it, the just holding this in your hands is something not to be missed. So I, we here at the show really recommend everybody go get a copy because uh, you'll enjoy it for sure.